Welcome to Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, a movie lover. And I'm Sonia, a movie not lover. My mission is to make Sonia watch all the movies she's never seen. And my mission is to watch more movies and not always have to say, Nope, Never Saw It. So we started this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So Gina? Yes, Sonia? I'm ready. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, and with me always is the beautiful Sonia. Oh, that's like a robot, but that, kind of like Arnold. That was like my Were you Arnold, the Terminator? Maybe. I'll be back. That's my Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. I love it. Thank you. Don't I sound just like him? I, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I feel like... The prob- Go ahead. I was going to say, I think the problem was that I wasn't committed as I was going into it and I just sort of like fell into it. It was bad. I well, I think you should try again then and be fully committed this time. I don't think it'll be much better though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course I did an Arnold impersonation because we are going to be talking about twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito today. But before we do, we are going to start with our traditional all right Sonia my friend share uh has to do with movies because Sonia I finally got to see the new Top Gun okay I have been waiting to see this movie for two years now and I have to say it was everything that I hoped it would be really yes It was so good. I loved every second of it, even like the parts that were so ridiculous. Um, And Lee and I actually rewatched the original Top Gun the night before we went to see the new one. And I'm so glad that we did because there were so, you know, of course, there were lots of references to the original film. And so and, but not just like story references, but even like music references and montage references. It was just, this movie was the whole package. And Miles Teller, who we talked about in our Whiplash episode. Yep. Holy shit. He is so jacked. Okay. Like so jacked. You wow. wouldn't even, almost like unrecognizable. Interesting. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. So if you do see it, just be warned that he's really jacked. That he's really jacked. <laughs> so I, this is maybe, I have two questions. And okay. the first one is maybe a dumb question. And maybe the second one is too. Um, is this a remake of the original story or it's a continuation? It is a continuation. Okay. Um, do you think I would like it? Yes. Oh. Well, did you like the original Top Gun? I think I was like... It was okay. Hmm. I don't know how you'd feel about the the second one then. I have to admit, I don't remember really anything that happens except some stuff. That yeah. I remember, but I can't remember enough to know if I liked it or not. I'm sure I thought it was, um, as much as I can like a movie, I'm sure I thought it was fine. Yeah. Well, here's what I would suggest, even though I know that you're, you're not big into rewatching films is giving, give Top Gun a rewatch and then go see the new one. I know that's a lot of movie watching for you, but 
but I think it might be worth it or just go see the new one and enjoy the ride. There is a lot of, there's a lot of action. It's really, really cool. Okay. Um, Lee was in heaven, you know, being a pilot and getting to watch all of this stuff with planes. Um, and my son's favorite helicopter makes an appearance in the film. Like it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's quite a ride. And, uh, it was, it was a delight. It was an absolute delight. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll consider it for sure. I mean, I'm definitely interested in it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, well, taking us in a completely different direction, my friend share is I realized this week that I think I'm becoming sort of obsessed with candles. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, I just really, I like to light them while I'm working and it makes me feel very relaxed. And I just keep thinking about how I want like a hundred more candles. I really like this. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love candles. Like when I was in high school. Yeah. that It's like a nineties resurgence. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want, do you like scented candles or just regular candles? Scented candles mm-hmm. for sure. And I feel like what I want to do is have candles for like the seasons. Mm. So I had one previously that was called, I mean, I forget what the scent is. It's across the room. I'm looking at it, but the like candle name is warm and cozy. Um, so it's like, you know, it smells like winter time and probably some cinnamon is in there. Um, and the one that I have now is mango and coconut. Cause I was like, I need more like spring beach scents. Um, but I feel like I need to get like a rotation of scents for each season. I really love this idea. I fully support it. Oh, good. Good. The warm and cozy candle actually was featured in the photo that I posted for what's eating Gilbert grape. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, Sonia. I love that you're, you're having this resurgence of, of candle loving. I don't know. It's not even a thing, but you know what I mean? Because, and I I'm realizing like, it's not so much candles that I'm into, but I'm into candle votives. Like I love Ooh. having candle votives. Like, cause you know, when I, in the summertime, if I have people over, I like to put different, you know, candle votives all over on my patio and have them light up. And I love ones that are different, pretty colors and are fun, you know, designs. So I'm a big candle votive person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I just looked up the, uh, website where I bought the candle and it says that it's notes of pine, orange, cinnamon, cypress, and fir. Okay. Okay. That sounds very warm and cozy, right? That's what I'm saying. So I'll, uh, I'll let you know how the, how the collection goes, but it's feeling, it's feeling like something I'm going to just start frivolously buying. I'm very excited for you. Thank you. (laughs) And I think we should drink to that and get cozy with cheers. What are we drinking today? We're drinking a drink called Twin Hills. Let's take a sip. Hmm. I'm not sure what that tastes like. I'm not sure either. So this is, um, this is a drink I'd never heard of before. And I was really just like, I have to admit, I spent a good deal of the movie, like Googling things during the movie, trying to figure out what drink we would have. (laughs) Um, And I told Gina, we were like this close to a Coors Light being our drink. And I was like, no, I have to think of something better. 
Um, so I found this drink called Twin Hills and I chose it for two reasons. One, obviously, because it has the word twin in it. I guess I chose it for three reasons. So that was reason number one. Reason number two is, so this drink is made of Pim's cup, bourbon, lime juice, lemon juice, and simple syrup. And I sort of felt like the lime juice and the lemon juice, um, were representative of Julius and Vincent. <laughs> we're like, they are, they are kind of the same thing, but they're very, very different. And then I was excited about the drink having Pim's cup in it because I've had it before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I guess it's just, it's a liqueur that you oftentimes will put with like uh, ginger ale or and like Pim's cup is a, is a drink. Um, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. So I, I did look it up. Um, it's basically, it's a gin based liqueur. And so again, this drink is Pim's cup, bourbon, lime juice, lemon juice, and simple syrup. So I was like a gin based liqueur with bourbon. What is that going to taste like? Um, and apparently James Pim was a farmer's son who owned an oyster, an oyster bar in 19th century London. And he created Pim's cup and offered it to his guests. Um, it's a secret mix of gin quinine, which is what's in tonic water and a spice blend as a tonic to aid with digestion. Oh, so that's what Pim's cup is. So yeah, this drink is interesting. I feel like it makes the bourbon, not so bourbony. Okay. <laughs> if that's a word, it's not, it a is, word. it's a word now. I, Mine is very citrusy because I, I definitely did not get the proportions right. Okay. I really struggle. I already, I struggle enough when it's like one part, this half part that, but this was like one third part lime juice, lemon juice, simple syrup and, and PIMS. And so I, I definitely measured it wrong. I think my proportions are not right either. Um, but it is good. I would make it again. I also used maker's mark, which is like whiskey or bourbon Mm -hmm. whiskey. So I don't know if that makes a difference. It was, I thought I had like straight up bourbon, but I didn't. So maybe I'll have to invest in some and see if there's a taste difference, but it's good. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. My first sip, my first sip was a little sour, but, Mm -hmm. um, but into the fifth and sixth and seventh sip, it's, it's growing on me. Okay. In the way Julius grew on Vincent in the <laughs> Good film. Segue. Thank you. Well, should we talk about this movie, Sonia? That's what we're here for. Okay, well, <laughs> let's do it. Twins was released in 1988. It was directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Will Davies, William Osborne, and Timothy Harris, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Julius, Danny DeVito as Vincent, Kelly Preston as Marnie, Chloe Webb as Linda, and Marshall Bell as Webster. And Sonia, in the tradition of Nope Never Saw It, I have made a list of film titles that are connected to every name I have just read off. I'm going to share these titles with you. And if you've seen the movie, you will say, yes, Gina, I have seen this movie. And if you haven't seen it, what do you say? Nope, never saw it. Very good. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Ivan Reitman, who is the director of Twins, also directed these three films. And I'm pretty sure you've seen maybe two of them. Ghostbusters. I. I Whoa. 
I think I have, but I don't remember it. Sonia, I was so sure you'd be like, yes, I've seen that. You don't don't know if you've seen Ghostbusters? I don't know. I think I like, I think it's one of those ones that like was on when I was a kid, but I like didn't pay attention or wasn't really watching it. So I think I have to say, nope, never saw it. Oh my God. Did this just change everything for you? I mean, I'm, I'm like alarmed, but excited. Like doors have opened that you didn't think doors have opened that I thought were closed to me. (laughs) I did love, there was a Ghostbusters cartoon and I really did love that cartoon, but I do remember not really understanding it because I guess I never saw the movie or I never paid attention to the movie. Okay. I also watched the cartoon and mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, Sonia. I cannot wait to add this to the list. I'm so excited. <laughs> Did this just bump whatever your next movie was? And now it's just going to be Ghostbusters. I mean, well, <laughs> there are a couple movies on this list that if you haven't seen them, it might bump a lot of other movies. So, okay. all right. So Ghostbusters. Nope. Never saw it. Dave. Nope. Never saw it. Okay. No strings attached. Is that the one with, um, Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake? No, that's Friends with Benefits. No Strings Attached is the same movie, but with Natalie Portman okay. and, <laughs> and Ashton Kutchner. Um, nope, never saw it. Okay. That's really funny that Mila Kunis is one of them in one of them and Ashton Kutcher is in the other one. Oh my God, you're totally right. That's so weird. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so, uh, our writers for Twins, we have Will Davies, who wrote the screenplay for How to Train Your Dragon. Nope, never saw it. But that dragon is really cute. It is really cute. It's a cute movie. It's a cute kids movie. I like that one. Um, William Osborne wrote the screenplay for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Um, nope, never saw it. I'm I'm not sure if I've seen it either. I know I, because it looks like a really dumb movie. With yeah. them, but I'm sure there's someone's listening and they love that movie and they're gonna hate me. But I'm just saying it's. It's um, Estelle Getty and Sylvester Stallone, I believe. I mean, that's the pairing you were waiting for. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then, okay. And then Timothy Harris, who wrote the screenplay for Trading Places. Nope, never saw it. Oh boy. Sonia, this is like a gold mine of movies. These are some classic ones already that we are adding to the list. You are making my day. Oh, good. I'm just going to tell the listeners before we started recording, I was opening my heart and soul to Sonia because I'm, I'm struggling with some things, but I've forgotten all of it. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad. See, this is, this <sighs> podcast just brings joy in so many right? ways. Yeah. Okay. And for our stars and twins, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now I, I know I say this a lot about actors and actresses, but I grew up watching so many Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. So it was really hard for me to narrow down just a few to see what you've seen. But these are the ones I'm going to start with because we will definitely be watching more Arnold Schwarzenegger movies on this podcast. So just get ready, Sonia. I'm ready. So he was also in the following films, Total Recall. Nope, never saw it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Cannot wait to (laughs) rewatch this. At this point, you're like rooting against me. I'm rooting against you. (laughs) The Running Man. Nope. Never saw it. Oh my God. And predator. I have seen, I think I've seen that. Isn't predator. Like, does he have heat, heat vision? Yes. Okay. I've seen that. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Danny DeVito was also in the following films, the war of the roses. Oh my God. I think I love that movie. That movie's so good. Yeah. I would like to watch that again. Me too. 
We need to do a rewatch. Yeah. We just locked eyes with each other. We did. (laughs) (laughs) A virtual locking of eyes. It's true. (laughs) Okay. And Batman returns. Um, Who was Batman in that one? Michael Keaton. Nope. Never saw it. Wow. Okay. Okay. I don't think. Okay. And uh, he he was the penguin, and Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer was I Catwoman. That okay. I don't think I've seen. I don't if I've seen. I've seen like parts of it, not the whole thing. Okay. And the Virgin Suicides. Yes, I've seen that. Okay, he's in that. Apparently, I don't remember who he is. Huh. That's another movie I would rewatch just to figure out who he is in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then Kelly Preston, um, who we know from Jerry Maguire, but I don't think I listed her in, uh, in my, uh, starring category, but she was in these following films, space camp. Nope. Never saw it. Oh my God. I love space <laughs> camp and what a girl wants. Uh, n- Mel Gibson. No. Oh, Helen Hunt. No, it's, um, with Amanda Bynes and Colin Firth. (laughs) I'm thinking of completely different movies. Um, so nope, never saw it. I think you're thinking of what, what women want or something like that. Oh yeah. Cause they're both in that one. Aren't they? Who? Helen. Oh, Mel Gibson and and Helen Hunt. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Chloe Webb, who plays Linda was in Ghostbusters 2 uncredited. (laughs) Nope. Never saw it. Okay. And practical magic. Nope. Never saw it. I've never seen practical magic either. Okay. And then Marshall Bell who plays Webster was also in starship troopers. I don't believe I've seen that. Oh my God. You have no idea how excited I am and identity. What is that? John Cusack. Oh, I think I've seen that. Okay. Where a bunch of people in a motel. Yes, I've seen that. Okay, okay. I get that movie and Runaway Jury mixed up. Okay, that's fair. Okay, but I think I've seen both of them. Okay, all right. Well, because John Cusack, Mm -hmm. as we already know how I feel about him. Okay, all right, Sonia, moving on. In our efforts to prove that the television show Friends is the center of the universe, um, I have a very obvious Friends connection, and I just stopped at that one. Okay, so you I'm, go first because I have a, a a long shot one that I found out by accident. Oh, okay. Well, my friend's connection is that Danny DeVito was in an episode of Friends. He plays the the sad stripper. Yep. Um, what's yours? So on the um in the scene where Julius first gets on the plane, they show a shot of a man who rolls his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I could have sworn that that guy played. now I can't remember his name I want to say Gary but some like psychologist that Phoebe dates so I went into this long like google search history to to prove that it was him and it wasn't right but what I found out while researching was that at the end of the towards the end of the film there's um a woman an old lady who's painting a picture and mm-hmm. she's credited in the film as the painter. Her name is Linda Porter. She was in an episode of Joey, which was the Friends spinoff. So oh. although I was wrong about Gary, I think Gary was his name. I found out about this woman. Well done, Sonia. Thank you. Thank That's you very really much. Good. Yeah. 
Okay. Again, so it really is the center of all things. It has not been disproven at not this yet. point. Mm-mm. Thanks to us. You're welcome, yeah. friends cast. <laughs> they they need our help. <laughs> they need our help. <laughs> all right. In our last episode, Sonia, I told you we were going to be watching the movie Twins. And then I asked you what you thought the movie was about. Are you ready for me to read back to you your original plot summary word for word? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. This is Sonia's original plot summary for the movie Twins. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are twins, except that they look nothing alike. So I think that they're not twins, but they're trying to scam somebody. And the only way that they can do it is by pretending they're twins. Which pre-episode Friends Connection is like that episode of Friends where Joey hires that guy to be his twin so he can do a twin study because he needs money. And that is my guess. And also, sorry, they think that the way that they're going to convince people that they're twins is by dressing the same. And they could be fraternal twins, but they look so wildly different that it's not believable. I would watch that movie. I would watch that movie too. Yeah. That is not right though. But it's not right. You got parts of it, right? Like the beginning part. Yeah. That they're twins and they look wildly. wildly right. Yeah. Those parts are dead on accurate. Dead on. Dead on. <laughs> well, Gina, are you ready for my real summary? I was born ready. But before I get into my real summary, I just want to say to you and to our listeners that I'm committed to not calling Vincent Victor for the entire <laughs> episode as I did with Gattaca. Um, and I feel a little bit like you choosing a second movie in a row, whether another character is named Vincent was, you know, trying to set me up a little bit for failure. (laughs) Can I also say that after watching twins, I thought to myself, this was an incidental stroke of genius because I would like to argue that the movie twins is a prequel to Gattaca. I would like to argue that you are correct because one of my notes is, wow, this has very similar themes to Gattaca. Oh boy. I cannot wait to get into that. Oh my God. Seriously. (laughs) You're you're a genius. This is also, did you know, our third movie that stars a character named Vincent? Because we also had Pulp Fiction. That also had Vincent and Jules. Oh my God. I know. You are a genius. I, and I don't even mean to be, like I said, it was purely incidental. I just can't help being a genius. So yeah, that's the best kind of genius. You don't even realize it's happening. It's just natural to you. I wish I could teach this to people, but I don't even know how I do it. You can't because it's just so special to you. So special and natural. Okay. 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 I really hope I don't mess up anyone's name. Here it goes. Um, Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) Yeah. What would you do if you found out you had a sibling, a twin, no less, that you didn't know about? For Julius Benedict, there's no other option than to hop in a boat and then on a plane to take a long trip to LA to find his long lost twin brother. When Julius finds his brother, Vincent, the two could not be more different. And now the search begins for their mother. But even if they aren't able to find her, there's no doubt that Julius and Vincent have already found family. In each other. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Um, the thing I wanted to say also that I was going to say in the beginning, but I figured I'd wait till after. So I started the Gattaca um, summary with a question also, and I wanted to start this one with a question too, because I thought that they, the two movies were similar. Yes. 
Oh boy. This is going to be like a twins Gattaca mashup compare and contrast episode. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we always start with my first impression of the film. I distinctly vividly remember the first time I saw this movie, I saw it in the movie theaters. I saw it for my 11th birthday. It was my birthday party. So we uh, invited my friends to go see the movie at the theater in Caldwell, New Jersey. Wait, Caldwell? Yeah. No. Oh yes. Montclair. That's- okay. Well, both are towns. Maybe it's both are towns. <laughs> I think it was the theater in Montclair and it was so funny the, and it was a packed theater, I remember, which always makes a movie going experience, especially for a comedy, that much more enjoyable because mm-hmm. the whole crowd is so into it. Um, one of my most vivid memories is the scene when Julius loses his virginity <gasps> and the camera pans across. It's like that overhead shot of Marnie smoking a cigarette and then Julius's face, um, you know, afterwards. And <laughs> the whole entire audience completely lost it. And I was sitting, I think in front of my parents and I heard them laughing behind me and I turned around and I don't think it was one of those times where I'd never seen them laugh so hard. Um, (laughs) So I just have always had this really um, positive connection with the film. It it brings me back to that place. And I have to say watching it again, Lee and I actually went through a sort of like Arnold, uh, I don't, I don't know if Renaissance is the right word. We just kind of wanted to (laughs) rewatch all of his movies. And so it was like, at least a year ago, we watched twins and we were both like, I feel like this movie holds up and, and even watching it again, it still makes me laugh. Um, so that, that's how I feel about the film, Sonia. How do you feel about the movie? Um, So this movie came out when I was five, I think around four or five. And I really, I swear one of my earliest memories in my entire life is the like commercial on TV for the movie. Cause there's that scene where they're both wearing like the little suit and they're dressed the same. And they Mm -hmm. like kind of step into the shot. Like that image is in my brain. And anytime anyone brings up this movie, that's always what I think about. Um, so I wanted to just share that. I feel like this film is like a very typical eighties comedy that I, even though there are like, you know, jokes in it that are maybe a little bit dated, I feel like it's not, you know, it's not like, um, God, what was that movie we watched? 16 candles, 16 candles, where it's like, (laughs) just, uh, you're like shaking your head no the whole time. So I liked that. I mean, it very much felt like an 80s comedy. I will say like about halfway through, I was kind of like, all right, let's wrap this up. I'm getting a little <laughs> bit bored. Um, but I think that's also partly because like I was admittedly, my attention was divided because I was trying to find a drink. And then I was also trying to find a friend's connection. So I all of that is to say, I enjoyed it. I really liked the end. I thought it, I thought it was really, really cute. Um, and I would probably watch this again if it happened to be on and I didn't have anything else to do. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to make a Sonia rewatchability scale (laughs) 
and have like about like at one point in the scale, it says I would rewatch again and it would say if it happens to be on and I have nothing else to do Mm -hmm. because I feel like that and that would probably be like closer to the top end of the scale. I agree. I agree. (laughs) But not quite there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's high praise. Yeah. The top would be like this was basically face off or the emperor's new group. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, one of the things that I was thinking about a lot, well, a few things I'll start with this. I wanted to know if this was possible. Okay. Like, could you make as, as Vincent refers to it, a milkshake of sperm mm-hmm. and then create a super baby, which was partly why I was like, wow, I can't believe I picked this movie after Gattaca. You know, I was like, this is almost like, this is like the prequel, like this is like the failed experiment. And then maybe it spawned the human genome project and then Uh they got it right after that. So Uh good job twins. Um, But I wanted to, I was Googling like, is it possible like in the movie twins to make a super baby with a bunch of different sperm? Is twins real? (laughs) Is twins real? But then I would just get information about twins and why twins exist. Mm. But this is some of the information that I've found. Yes. So there is something called super fecundation. And that's when two or more eggs are fertilized from separate acts of intercourse resulting in fraternal twins. So if it is possible that you could have fraternal twins that are from separate fathers. Whoa. So that's possible. Um, And I also found that sometimes multiple sperm can fertilize one egg, but it's rare. These children are called chimera, which is, comes from the ancient Greek mythology. Um, It's a mythological creature. That's a fire breathing creature. um, And it's a, it's a fearsome beast. That's a mix between a lion, goat, and serpent. So, so children um, who are born because multiple sperm have fertilized one egg, they have two different sets of DNA. Um, And, uh, and what can happen is um, I thought I had this in my notes, but I did read like um, children who like, This can result in them having, oh, here it is. Okay. It can also happen when a woman is pregnant with fraternal twins and one embryo dies early on. So the other embryo that didn't die will absorb the twin Mm -hmm. cells and some possible physical signs of this happening is having two different eye colors, two different Bowie. Like David Bowie. Oh, he had two different eye colors. Mm-hmm. I didn't know But I that. think his was from an eye injury. Oh, okay. Um, or they could have two different skin tones or patches of different colored or textured hair, or they could have a disorder of sexual development. They could also have um, autoimmune issues um, such as those related to the skin and nervous system and two different blood types. Whoa. How is this even possible? I don't know. So it's just kind of like also just sort of tying in with the mapping of the human DNA. What? I don't understand. But <laughs> I also found out that in other cases, human uh, chimeras uh, develop when two different sperm cells fertilize two different egg cells. Then these cells can fuse together into one human embryo with crossed cell lines. This is called a tetragemic chim- chimerism. 
Um, and then there was a recent story about a male Chimera who failed a paternity test because the DNA his child inherited came from the twin he absorbed in the womb. What? And then there was another story about a mother who didn't pass a maternity test for the baby she gave birth to for the same reason. The DNA she presented in testing wasn't the same as the DNA she passed down to her children. So, and this can happen because chimeras can carry different DNA in different parts of their bodies, including their reproductive cells. That is wild. Isn't that wild and fascinating? So fascinating. Yeah. Um, so this is what I learned, but I couldn't find anything about just taking sperm and meshing them together and like, but, um, so yeah. But I thought this was really fascinating. Seriously, I like yeah. want to know everything else. <laughs> and what was interesting was that I read all of this before I rewatched the film. And then there's that part where the doctor says that um, the reason why Marianne's pregnancy resulted in twins, even though it wasn't supposed to, was because the embryo split in two, but it didn't split equally. Mm-hmm. And even I was like, okay, I call bullshit on that. That's not <laughs> You're like, I'm a scientist now. I'm a I scientist a- now. <laughs> I did a lot of research and that is not true. <laughs> that is not what Google said. Google said that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That was so interesting. Thank you for doing that research. See, you're so good at this. I'm, it's funny because I feel, I feel again, like with the last movie, I've been doing all of this science research and maybe, maybe it's time to start a new career. I'm going to talk to my sister about Mm -hmm. working in her lab. I think you should. Yeah. I'm ready. Okay. And then we can start a science podcast. Oh my God. And I'll just ask you questions because Uh we all know that's what I do. And I'll say, please hold. And I'll Google the answer. And then I'm a scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, back to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Something else that, that came up for me again, I mean, so much of this film is, is really addressing this whole nature versus nurture Mm -hmm. debate. Right. Um, And uh, it was, and it made me think about that a lot this time around. I mean, normally I'm usually just caught up in the comedy and, but I think because I was watching it, knowing that you and I were going to be talking about it, it really brought to the surface, like a lot of my thoughts on that debate. And it made me think of, I, Sonia, I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary, um, but it's called, um, oh my gosh, I wrote it down. Hang on. And now I can't, I can't find any of my, oh, there it is. Okay. Um, so there's a documentary that's called three identical strangers. I have not seen it, but Sean has, and he was telling me all about it. Right. Yeah. So watching it, it made me think about this. So the documentary for, for those listeners who have not seen it, it's about the lives of Edward Gallen, David Kelman and Robert Schaefron, uh, Schaffron. They were identical triplets that had been separated at birth and then adopted by separate families. Um, and after, and they happened to discover each other by chance at the age of 19 and real find out that they're actually triplets. And then later it's uncovered that their separation had actually been part of an experiment, this nature versus nurture study, um, that with these, these, uh, scientists, I guess, um, wanted to study what would happen if you separated identical siblings at an early age and place them in households um, of different socioeconomic statuses to see if it would, if they would all grow up to be different 
from each other, if that would affect there. So, you know, there's the nature of them being identical, but the nurture is the, the upbringing, um, which is really fucked up. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And it, and it made me, and I was thinking about that. And I then coming back to the film twins, I was kind of questioning why, why did they have to separate the two and then keep everything a secret from everybody and pretend the experiment didn't exist. And I've seen this movie so many times, but I don't have the answer to that question. So now I'm kind of like, did I miss, did I miss the explanation for why they had to cover it up? Well, I feel like I thought it was that they were covering it up because Vincent, not Victor Vincent. And I wrote that in my notes, (laughs) um, was like basically a failure because weren't they trying to create two perfect or one per like one perfect person so because then the embryo split and vincent became this like you know he was the whatever like the garbage dna they called him or something like that yeah um i think they covered it up because they didn't want anyone to know that this other human who wasn't perfect was born yeah, that's, that's what I thought. But also, also, I was just going to say, like, if they tried to do that similar experiment with this group, it wouldn't make or the, the, with the twins. It wouldn't make sense because the DNA wasn't the same. Yeah, that's true. Because they yeah. end up being fraternal for sure. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that the embryo split unevenly. Right. <laughs> right. The bad DNA went to one and all the good stayed with the other. All the good stayed with another. Um, but it, there, I mean, one of the things that, that I, that I do like about this film is that I feel, and I think this speaks to the heart of the film that despite the fact that you have these two characters, you know, Julius, who is, so virtuous and innocent and just wants to be a good person and do what's right and, and help other people and especially his brother. And then Vincent, who's the complete opposite. I like that Julius doesn't see him as, as, as Vincent calls himself the side effect, mm-hmm. you know, of the experiment, you know, he's not the crap that's left over. You know, Julius believes that we're brothers, we're the same. And, and I think that that's just really sweet. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I thought Julius was such like a heartfelt, sweet character in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I love that the contrast between the two of them, obviously, they look very physically different. But I also love the contrast between like, Julian has lived this really sheltered life. And he's like, very kind of naive. Um, and then there's Vincent, who is, you know, kind of a con artist, um, you know, has been was grew up in an orphanage has sort of like make been making his way in the world by whatever means he can. Um, and so I really liked that contrast. Um, but I was going to say one of the scenes that I loved that also (laughs) made me laugh because it's just so ludicrous is the scene where Julius, I think I called him Julian by accident. You did. I didn't want to say anything. No, it's true. It's Julius, Julius, Julius. Um, you know, part of the reason why I keep thinking his name is Julian and not Julius is because Julius is the name of a fish song. So I'm like, don't just say Julius because that's what's in your brain, but I should say what's in my brain. Okay. Say what's in your brain, Sonia. Okay. So Julius and Victor, just kidding. So <laughs> Julius, when he first lands in LA, there's like 
a really long montage of him walking down like through the streets and he's just eating so many different yes. foods with his and he's like carrying his little briefcase and he just I wrote down in my notes Julius ate so much food after landing in L- LA before actually going anywhere yeah <laughs> like on his sojourn and I guess he's a large guy um but it's just it's it so ridiculous but the look of like wonderment on his face as he like passes every person and tries every new food is just really adorable I I absolutely love that I noticed that too I wanted to make a running list of everything that he ate I didn't write it down but I I feel like I mean he has a hot dog a slice of pizza a sandwich some kind of pita he's drinking soda at one point mm-hmm. I mean it just it made me hungry but to your point I mean, he's definitely tired. I mean, didn't he row 26 miles from his island to the nearest airport? Yeah. But I guess they're trying to just show you like he's a big guy so he can row all that way and he just needs to refuel and it will take all of these food items in a short amount of time for him to refuel. Yeah. And I I also love that that's how he's acclimating himself to his new environment. (laughs) He's just trying all of the different food. Yeah. Which I mean, is really, that's all of us. Like anytime I go somewhere new, I'm like, I want to eat all the things. Yeah. I don't have to be somewhere new. I just want to eat all the things Okay, all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When when I was in LA in 2019, um, my cousin took us on a taco tour. (gasps) It was, uh, oh my God, it was so good. I think about it sometimes randomly. So did you just go to a bunch, you just hit up a bunch of different taco places? Yes. It wasn't all in the same day, but she had like picked out a number of different taco places that we could try during the time that we were there. So, um, it was really, that was, it was like one of the top activities. When we That's were there. amazing. Can you and I go somewhere and do some kind of food tour? Sure. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't care where it is or what kind of food it is, but it, well, I think it needs to be done. Listeners, if you have any suggestions for places that we could go and do a food tour, please let us know. Yes, please. Okay. Similar, not similar to, to Julius's food tour, but, um, I noticed for the first time, this actually has nothing to do with Julius's food tour at all. I can't segue to this, but I just wanted to point out that where Vincent works, this was the first time I noticed that he has like a list of different things on the door to his, to his place of business. Oh that, yeah. Like, yep. That, you know, showcases everything that he does. And so I had to pause it and write it all down. So this is everything that's listed. So Vincent is a, a sports agent, an artist's representative, import, export, automobile sales, rental, leasing, and wholesale patio furniture. <laughs> Those Which, are all the things listed on his door. So he'd be making a bunch right now if he was wholesale patio furniture. Cause I feel like that's like been hard to get lately. I know. Right. Um, and, and I also wrote, and he's also a car thief and apparently sells socks in bulk to department stores because someone's, there's that, someone's got to do it. That one scene where he's walking out of the store and he's like, these are quality socks. Ah, you know, mm-hmm. he also disposes of parking tickets pretty easily. Sure. So I really want to know for someone who I, and I guess I'm kind of asking this now because I really, I really don't understand 
what it is Vincent does and why he doesn't have any money, but he seems to have enough money, you know, like he has a decent place and he can still buy things, but he doesn't, I, I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a little lost on the details there. Um, like, is he, is he, does he have like his fingers and so many different things that he's spread too thin and, and can't really bring in any income? Um, is he just not really good at any of the things he claims that he can uh, like in the services that he can provide, you know, is that the, is that the idea that he's just, I mean, I get, I guess it is, I guess I'm answering my own questions. He's just a giant failure. I think he's just like, whatever he has like an inkling of being able to do, I think he just is trying to tap into that to try to be as profitable as possible. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, also I love that he is an import export because that made me think of Art Vandalay (laughs) from Seinfeld, (laughs) who's also an import export. Um, So I think, I actually think he's making enough to like survive, but he is trying, I think he's trying to, he's like the get rich quick scheme kind of guy which is why he he like loses his office because he while he can earn enough to keep his apartment um and keep himself afloat he can't actually like he's not successful enough that he can afford to actually have this office building and maybe do other um other things that are outside of his budget yeah I also um wanted to talk about the scene where Julius goes to his apartment and then they have the microwave eggplant parmesan. Okay. And then Julius is drinking milk and Vincent is drinking Coors Light. Yeah. I just again that was like that scene made me laugh so hard. Also Sean was like microwave eggplant parmesan that seems so gross. <laughs> But I just thought it was so cute. Again, like Julius is just so like, this is wonderful. Like so great. And then the contrast of one drinking a beer, one drinking a glass of milk. It was just, it was adorable. Yeah. And yet they still prepare for their meal in the same way. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I loved all of those like twin scenes where they have the same mannerisms and they're doing the same thing and they don't even know it. I thought that that was, I mean, it's so like cheesy, but it's also super clever. Yeah, it is. Because again, it comes back to that whole nature versus nurture, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just in their nature to move that way. And and we see it again when Julius finds one of his father's um, Granger played by Hugh O'Brien. And when Julius says that he's looking for Marianne Benedict and, and Granger says, you're Marianne's son. And then there's that shot, that medium shot of the two of them looking at each other. And they both have that same expression where they're sort of like scrutinizing each other's face. And the, the casting is so great for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I really, I really liked that moment that even, you know, not only does Julius have these mannerisms that are similar to his twin brother, but also to one of his father's. And then I was thinking, how interesting would it have been if they added another layer where there's something that their mother does mm-hmm. that is similar to them? And I thought, like, what if when we met Marion, even though we're thrown off that scent when she says, oh, she's dead, 
if she had done something that, you know, was, it would, could be subtle, but something that if you rewatch it, you would say, Oh, wait, they mm-hmm. do that. You know? Oh, I love that idea. That would have been kind of cool. Right. I should just rewrite the whole screenplay and, reshoot. And we could star as the twins. <gasps> we totally could. <laughs> I'll be Vincent. No. <laughs> then I could do my Arnold impression. Yeah. Well, your Arnold impression is way better. And I feel like I can't do the scene. I can't do the drinking milk scene. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I could drink milk. No problem. No, I'm no, I'm not into that, but I'll drink a Coors Light. Kind of circling back to that dinner scene. My first thought was that is not enough food for Julius. (laughs) This like tiny little serving, because I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking about how much I eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is no way that this guy who just like ate his way through LA is just going to eat this little tiny single serving of newt yeah. plant parmesan. He was probably going to have more and then they got disrupted disrupted when the like guy threw the thing through the window. Well, that's true. Maybe maybe he did have seconds and thirds and fourths. Yeah, we just yeah. didn't see it. Or he we, lost his appetite because he got scared. That's true. You know what? You bring up so many good points. Thank you. Yeah. I also want to talk about the grocery store scene. Which one? Uh, the one where, uh, the boys go to the grocery store and then they run into Marnie and her sister. Well, who are smoking in the grocery store Who are smoke. And that is exactly (laughs) why I want to talk about, I was like, (laughs) wait, could you smoke in the grocery store? And Sean said it's the eighties, but I feel like you couldn't, you could smoke in the grocery store. I think so. I feel like you could smoke anywhere in the eighties grocery store. I mean, I knew you could smoke in obviously bars and restaurants. You, I think you could smoke in offices, Mm -hmm. but the grocery store. I, I don't see why not. I feel, you know, it's interesting. I was watching that scene. It was the first time I thought, wait, there's smoking in the grocery store. But then I was getting these flashbacks of my mom taking me to the Grand Union when I was like three and I could smell cigarettes. What? I feel like everything smelled like cigarettes when I was growing up, except for my house, because nobody in my house smoked. I just, I was blown. I was like distracted from what was actually happening in the scene because they were smoking a cigarette in the grocery store. Did you want to bring that scene up because you want to know what happens because you were distracted by the cigarette? I do. I do know what happens. Um, but it was very, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. I do also have to two other things about that. So when they arrive at the grocery store, I was really annoyed that they had the car up on two wheels for so long. I was like, uh-huh. that is, that was almost my, you lost me at moment Uh-oh. because I was just like, this is so unrealistic. Like there's no way the car would be going like that for so long. Yeah. Um, but when they're leaving the grocery store and this was almost my favorite line, but it's not. I loved that Julius was like, I've only been driving for one hour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cute. That reminds me of the part when he, when Julius asks for a manual, when, when when Vincent says, you'll drive this car. Can I have a, do you have a manual please? And then he's like, and he's speed reading. And then Vincent says, what are you doing with the finger? And he goes, learning to drive. And it reminded me of this story that I have to tell you. So my father used to teach these night courses because he started his career as a teacher before he uh-huh. 
somewhere. And he used to teach these adult courses. Wait, can we pause for one second? Yes. When, when was that? When was what? When was his career as a teacher? Cause oh, I feel like he- before he and my mom got okay, married. Cause I was like, I feel like he was a lawyer for like a really, really he was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just, no, that's okay. So he was teaching this speed reading course, but he didn't know how to speed read. So what he would do is he would tell them, I'm going to demonstrate how to speed read for you. And he would put something up on a, not a, I want to say smart board, but those didn't exist yet. The, um, you know, the thing like a projector, a project. Yeah. Like, and he would project something up on, you know, on a screen in front of him. And he would say, let me demonstrate. And then he would turn and face it. And then he would turn around and he'd go, I just read that. (laughs) And was it something he was like very familiar with already? So if they asked him a question about it, he could say, I honestly don't even know, but that's one of my favorite stories of my dad's. (laughs) That's an amazing, I mean, I'm trying to think of a time that I could use that. I just read that. And my brother learned how to speed read. He took a speed reading course and that's exactly, my brother does the same thing. Like when he speed reads, I don't know if he still does it, but I have these memories of us, you know, on our family trips to California and he'd be sitting on the plane and he'd have a book out and he'd be doing the thing with the finger Uh and speed reading. So like, it's a legit thing. Like that's legit. The sperm milkshake, not legit. An embryo splitting unevenly, not legit, but speed reading. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, also not legit. Apparently is when Julius t- says that if you lift a car higher than 45 degrees, oh, it's yeah. towed. but if he, but I read that you probably read this too. If he were to lift it higher than 45 degrees, he would have had to lift it over his head. Oh, which could he have done that? We don't know. I mean, Arnold can do anything. Arnold. Arnold. It's not getting better. <laughs> no, it actually is getting better. <laughs> that was really good. Oh, thank you. Uh, what oh. did you think of Marnie and Linda? Um, I, they were fine. Um, I feel like they were, I feel like they were characters to like get the female audience more involved in the movie potentially Mm -hmm. um and I also think they were there to give each of the twins like a character arc Mm -hmm. um so I thought they were fine um yeah they were you know it made sense that they each had a love interest and you know they were, it was convenient that they were sisters. Yeah. Um, but also a little odd to have two sisters and two brothers. Well, did you know, my mom told me this once, so it must be true that if twin brothers and twin sisters get married and have children, their children are actually technically siblings, not mm-hmm. cousins because they have the same DNA. So were Marnie and her sister twins? No, I don't think they're twins. Okay. 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 So, um, but imagine if they had been, well, that's what I was confused about because then at the end when they show them and then they have twins, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, so I guess they were also fraternal twins, but that makes what your mom told you. 
I mean, I'm not a DNA expert, but that does make sense because so right? tw- twins have the same DNA. Right. Yeah. So I think they're legally cousins, but genetically siblings. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It must be true. Yeah. Any scientists, if we're wrong, just let us know. Well, I like, I, in concept, I like that idea because in Indian culture, your cousins are your siblings. So, oh, really? Yeah. Like when I grew up, it was like, you know, I'm even now, like I'm so close with all of my cousins because they, they're my brothers and sisters. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Yeah. It's what really would great. your, what would your second cousins once removed be? Um, <laughs> what is a second cousin once removed? I, I recently sent a, so my cousins and I all have a, like a, a WhatsApp chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I recently sent a picture of a dish towel that explained all the different types of cousins. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember what that one is. So, well, this wouldn't be a second cousin once removed, but let's say one of your cousins has a baby. Mm-hmm. That baby would be your first cousin once removed. Oh, so we say that that is, so I would consider that my niece. Okay. Because they're like your, because they're like your, yeah, your sibling. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a lot cleaner than trying to figure out first cousin once removed and all that stuff. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And I, you know, when I would, if I was like talking to someone, I wouldn't say my niece because that would be confusing. Um, but in my heart, it is the same thing. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Okay. I think I am ready for categories, except one last thing that I wanted to say. Okay. Is that I loved the birthday cake that I made (laughs) for Vincent (laughs) so much. Wait, okay. Let's break this down. What was on the birthday cake again? The only thing I wrote down that I loved so much was the dinosaur, because do you remember I have a sandwich like carrying thing that has a dinosaur on the front of it? Yes. I just, I generally, I just love dinosaurs. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm looking this up. Twins movie, Vincent birthday cake. Yeah. This is not helpful at all. It's just giving me pictures of twins and cakes. This is what kept happening every time I tried to research whether it was possible, whether what happens in the movie is possible. Um, And now, and I'm just seeing, and I just kept getting how, how twin, why do twins exist? No. All right. But yes, you know what? I, I was, my attention was drawn to the birthday cake as well and the decoration. And I remember the dinosaur. I feel like there were also like coins sticking out of it. And maybe like a big palm tree or something. Yes. But the main reason why I was like, I, my next birthday cake, I really hope has a dinosaur on it. Okay. To anyone listening who may be in charge of my birthday <laughs> cake. <laughs> Love a dinosaur birthday cake. We will make this happen, Sonia. Right. You will get your dinosaur birthday cake. You have six months to think about it. With a palm tree. With a palm tree. Yeah. And a dinosaur. And a dinosaur. Okay. Done. Okay. Um, Oh, also, actually, I just realized these two notes were condensed together. I don't, I didn't write down when it was, but there Mm -hmm. is a point where in the movie, Julius, portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger, says, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
That was a nice little callback. Yeah. So that actually brings me to something because I, and I'm sure you read this too. The, well, this was, this was his first comedy mm-hmm. and apparently he really, really, really wanted to do a comedy film because he'd been doing like up until this point, he'd done films like Conan, the barbarian commando predator terminator, the running man. So this was the first like pure comedy that he was able to do. Um, so, but I like that there's that little nod to his other films, especially Terminator. Um, and interestingly enough, he made more money in twins than he did in Terminator. Interesting. Right. Um, but yeah, I, and, and I have to say, like, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty funny in the movie. I feel like it fit for him. I don't think he has a great range as an actor, Yeah, but I feel like the role of Julius worked for him because Julius is very naive and sort of like dipping his toe into this different, you know, world. And, and I think that's kind of like what Schwarzenegger is doing, you know, cause comedy is very different from action, but I thought, I thought he carried it pretty, pretty well. And, and interestingly enough, like after this film, then we see him in roles like in films like Kindergarten Cop, Last mm. Action Hero, which is terrible, Junior. And even like when Terminator 2 came out, now he's the good cyborg, you know? So I feel like that kind of like making this film, I think it shifted his career path. So he was able to do a lot of other really interesting projects and not just be like the heavy in in these action sci-fi films, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Yeah. Good for Arnold. And then he was the governator. Then he was the governor. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe that. I know. <laughs> okay. All I'm right. Really, I'm really ready if you're ready. I'm ready for categories. Okay. And you are going first this time. I am going first this time. So just for a point recap of how many points we have scored during our categories where we try to match our answers. In the last episode, when we discussed Gattaca, which is a sequel to Twins, mm-hmm. we scored... <laughs> three points, which brought us up to a total of 55 points. So we are only five points away from my next pick. Oh my gosh. Is it going to be today? You know, it'd be really crazy is if we also got three points in this round of categories, just like we did for Gattaca. I mean, it seems like it's written in the stars. Yeah. You know what else, Sonia, we should have worn the same outfit today. God Damn it. Oh. We both seem to have like a, oh, no, 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 no. I thought I was wearing a different shirt. Oh, you're wearing fish. I'm wearing Cobra yeah. Kai. I was wearing a shirt before that had like a circular design oh. on it. But are they, and, 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 no, I failed us. No, we failed. We didn't, we didn't plan ahead. No. But that's okay. That's okay. Because we're fine. fraternal twins. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So same mannerisms, different, different clothing. But we're mm-hmm. both wearing t shirts. I'm wearing shorts. I am wearing sweatpants. Damn it. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Sonia. Okay. So, Gina, who is your Here favorite we go. character? My favorite character was Jules, Julius. I I love his character for a lot of the reasons that we already talked about. He is the most innocent, naive, virtuous character in the whole film. But what I really love about his character is how committed he is to his brother even though he's never met him before, even though Vincent is kind of a dick to him in the beginning several times, he still 
looks out for him. He's still, he doesn't give up on him. Right. Like he, he, and, and something else that I like, and I think I did, I don't remember if I mentioned this before in our conversation, or if it's something that I have in my notes, um, that even though other people, especially the doctor, this, um, that, um, hang on, what was the name of the doctor who they, who, um, Julius threatens and says, Hey, dickhead, tell us. Uh, I think it was, I have him in my notes somewhere and I'm Tra- totally Traven, Traven, Traven. Yeah. I'll have to find that. Um, but even though he's like all the crap that was left over went to Vincent, like Julius never sees Vincent that way. All he sees is what Vincent, what Vincent could be, who Vincent could be, mm-hmm. not, not who he is because he, he understands that Vincent wasn't given the same upbringing as him. So he's so patient with him and so supportive and, and protective of him. And I, I really like that about his character. So he's my favorite. I love that answer. And I love, I appreciate it. Like Julius, even when he met first met Vincent and Vincent's like, look, even if we are brothers, like there's no reason for us to be associated with each other. And he's just trying. So he's like, but I, you're my brother and I love you. Like, remember that one scene when he says that to him and it's very sweet. Yeah. Um, I just love that. He like really pushed for them to have a relationship and ultimately at the end of the film that you see that they are continuing this relationship and they are enjoying their life together and for that reason, I had the same answer. Oh, yay, Sonia, you were making me think you had a different answer. I know I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you referenced my worst character, mm-hmm. least favorite character. I picked that doctor, Mitchell Traven or mm-hmm. Traven. Do you like how I tried to pretend I didn't really know his name? Because, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I'm like really working it this time. You really are working it this time. Um, So I... I feel like he was such a deceptive asshole and I didn't like that he called Vincent useless genetic material mm-hmm. and that he was just not a nice guy, like just not a nice guy. But interestingly enough, the actor who portrayed him, Nehemiah Persoff, just died this past April at the age oh. of 102. 102? Isn't that crazy? God bless him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I almost picked him. Oh, but man, you know what? And it, and it, it is funny. Like I had picked a different character and then later on I was like, oh, I should have gone with the doctor. And I was like, no, I'm going to stick to my guns <sighs> this time because I usually dislike the doctor the most, but you know, who stood out to me this time as my least favorite character. Who's that? Um, Vincent's friend, Al played by David Caruso. <gasps> that was my first one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sonia, twin, fraternal twin, Sonia, you gotta stick with your first answer. (laughs) So this is why I wonder if it was for the same reason. This is why I picked him. I felt like he, it's his fault that Webster ends up trying to find, well, well, here's, okay, here's what are my notes. I feel like he's really lousy at playing it cool. If he had just given the men in the Cadillac their ticket without gushing over the car, then Vincent wouldn't have been pursued by Webster. I do concede that Webster would probably have figured out on his own what happened to the car and how to, you know, get the money um, for the 
crazy, the engine, this, this special engine that's in the trunk. Um, and I, I also put in my notes sort of like as a side that I wrote, or maybe Webster would have figured it out on his own way by contacting beetroot. Also, what kind of name is beetroot? What kind of name is beetroot? It's, it's literally like the whole, every time I watch this movie, it was like, it sounds like they're saying beetroot, but that can't be it. But that's, that's beetroot, B-E-E-T-R-O-O-T. That's his name. Yeah. Who names their kid beetroot? There's somebody out there whose name is beetroot and they're really sad right now. And I'm well, sorry. I, no, but I'm assuming it was like a nickname, which is worse because if your parents name you beetroot, like that's your name. It's not your fault. Right. But yeah. if you're choose like if you allow people to call you beetroot or like that is what you have chosen or have manifested in your life as your nickname, that's yeah. on you. Yeah. So anyway, so I felt like because he was as I said, gushing all over this Cadillac that then those two men, when they were talking to Webster said, yeah, the parking attendant was talking about the car. And then Webster's like parking attendant. Interesting. So then he goes back to the parking garage and then, but, and then, but it also made me wonder um, if, if Al is like this with every car that comes in the lot. So every car that he's called Vincent about said, Hey, there's a Mercedes on, you know, on the fourth floor or whatever. Um, like would all of these people be like, you know, the attendant made comments about my car when he gave me my ticket. I mean, is he just, anyway, he just frustrated me. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like in the working relationship he has with Vincent, like it's not, this is what frustrated me. Like if like clearly they have a working relationship where they need to be like covering for each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if the tables were turned and Vincent had to like protect Al, he would have done it. Mm -hmm. And Al Al was like, "Eh." yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was my least favorite character. Okay. Um, Speaking of Vincent, I chose him for best character arc uh, because I, I feel like, of all the characters, I, I feel like you could make an argument for Julius, but I feel like Vincent is really the one that undergoes the most change. And I think he has the most room for growth in the story. And in a lot of ways, especially watching it this time, I felt like he was really the center of the story. I think that the story, you know, it begins with Julius embarking on this journey to get, you know, row 26 miles and then get on a plane and then eat his way through Los Angeles to find his (laughs) brother in prison. Um, But once that connection is made, it's really about trying to get Vincent back on track. And I think by the end of the film, Julius has succeeded. And I think Vincent has grown. And, And, you know, when, you know, we find that we can't completely fault Vincent for the life that he has because of the upbringing that he had. And, and Julia says it, you know, you were, you didn't have anybody, you had no support, you had nobody who loved you. So of course, Vincent is going to push Julius away. Initially, he's not going to let him in because he doesn't know what it feels like to have somebody to love who loves you unconditionally. So it makes sense. And I, and I, and I really like those moments. Like there's that moment in the bathroom, another scene where they do things the same, um, you know, where they like flush before they do it and they wash their hands and dry them the same. And, and Vincent says, you know, ever since, ever since I met you, my life has just been getting better and better. And it's just really like 
sweet, vulnerable, honest moment. And um, even though he, I mean, it's, it's intimated strongly that he kept 1 million of the $5 million, that's fine. You know, I'll let that slide because he seems to have his house in order. I mean, and it's like, you know, you're not going to change overnight. Right. Exactly. That's where I my notes. I was like, no one ever completely transforms. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said everything I was planning to say. We have a second point. Now, yes. can I just say, so Sean does yeah. this adorable thing mm-hmm. where after we watch every movie, he starts talking about like, who are you going to choose? Mm-hmm. And then he starts saying his rankings. Okay. Um. So he also chose Vincent. Oh. And I just feel like, you know, we have a two and a little star. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. What do you have okay. for worst or least convincing performance? So I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but I chose David Caruso. Okay. Who portrayed Al. Uh-huh. And part of it is because of all of the people in this film, he's one of the actors who I'm most familiar with because yeah. he went on to lead one of the CSI franchises. I was disappointed there was no part where he took his sunglasses off. <laughs> um, but I just felt like, I don't know, his performance was kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. And knowing that he would go on to greater things, I expected more from him. That's fair. Thank you. I didn't have the same answer, but but I but I like yours. I chose for worst least convincing performance. And this wasn't the entire, this wasn't the actor's entire performance. It was just this one particular moment. Mm-hmm. And it's the moment where Marianne, who's played by Bonnie Bartlett, goes to visit Julius and Vincent at their place of business and reveals that she's their mom and then they go to hug her and instead of looking like overjoyed she looks terrified it's almost like like the expression like I read her expression as like all of a sudden this moment she realized what she was taking on Mm -hmm. you know by like revealing who she was and and you know opening herself up like she, she looked overwhelmed, but not in a good way. And I, and it made me, and I was like, wait, I mean, I mean, but then like, but then it cuts to the, the scene, which has to be like a few years later, at least, you know, maybe a year later and they're at the, the park and she's getting tickets for the carousel and, and everything's fine. But, but in that moment, I, I was like, wait, I don't, she doesn't look excited about this. Well, but maybe counter argument maybe Mm -hmm. she is terrified because she obviously knew she had these babies yeah and she's never been a part of their life and now she's making the decision to be a part of their life and there are already these grown adult men that she doesn't know and maybe that is terrifying yeah I guess but then she commits to it yeah I guess I, I guess because they're so overjoyed to see her yeah I mean you would think like I I understand completely um your answer because you would think like if you're making that decision then especially in a movie like this where it's like all very like okay I you know this character who is bad genetic material and has been like a con artist this whole time is now this like adorable sweet man you expect like everyone has like that really saccharine um response to everything or motivation to things so Mm -hmm. I totally get your answer yeah on the, on the flip side, best performance, I chose Danny DeVito because his comedic timing 
is spot on. And I never, and you know what I, I wrote in my notes. I usually, every time I watch this film, my eyes are just on Arnold Schwarzenegger the whole time because I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm such a huge fan, but this time I was really focused on Danny DeVito and how well he played this role. Like, I think he, you know, kind of like what I was saying, what I've said with so many other actors that I've picked for best performance, I, I just feel like he had his character, even though so much of it was like the punchline, I felt like there was a range there, you know, like he's got his grumpy cynical outlook and then there, his charm with the ladies. And and for someone who I, I don't find attractive at all, like I could see why Linda is charmed by him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, the, the, but then there are also those moments where he's really vulnerable and, and you see how he has trouble trusting other people, especially Julius, that he doesn't want to let people in. Um, I, I thought that, I thought that he played that character really well. Um, and, 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 and being able to pull off that range helped with that arc, you know? Yeah. He was my runner up. And the <sighs> only reason I didn't choose him is because I felt like it's a character he's played before. Mm-hmm. or maybe after depending on the order of things yeah um and I couldn't not this this answer is so random so do you remember the scene where they're at like the bar with the sisters and there's a band playing mm-hmm. the guitarist is Jeff Beck I knew you'd figure that out yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like well that's interesting and then I kind of love how he just plays this like background guitarist but he's so good. Yeah. And he's Jeff Beck. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of amazing how it's just so random yeah. and subtle. So I couldn't not choose him. <laughs> you picked Jeff Beck as best performance. I did. <laughs> Both in his guitar playing, but also just like being Jeff Beck without being Jeff Beck. Oh my God. <clears throat> I should have known. You should have known. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, my you lost me at was uh, the moment during Vincent's very wonderful character arc where he goes to Linda's and he's like begging for her to forgive him. And he mm-hmm. like, I think he shows up with flowers. And then there's like a weird part. So he's like outside her door and then she comes outside, I think, or he leaves, I don't know. And then all of a sudden- he, she turns around and he's in the apartment. How did he get in there? Oh my God. You're right. I was thinking the same thing this time. Yeah. So she, so he's waiting outside her door with flowers and he's like trying to get her to talk to him. And he's like, I know you don't deserve it. And she goes, that's right. You don't deserve it. She opens the door. She goes inside, closes the door, yes. sees that her apartment is full of flowers. She opens the door again, peeks outside and looks for him Yeah, and then comes back inside. And then he comes, yeah, he's like on his knees you know, crawling to her, kneeing himself to her. Cause I guess he's not, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like kneeling for like, and I guess he's short. So maybe he just crawled by her like a ninja, but like, I don't know. I was like, how did he get in there? Yeah. Right. (laughs) I know. That's the only thing I could think of is that, did he sneak by her? Like while she went outside, maybe was there an open window? Maybe when he, she closed the door, he, he like got up against the the door like the wall by the door and then when she was opening the door he like slid down and then she's looking around so then mm-hmm. he snuck in under yeah 
similar to, to that observation in the opening scene where we meet Vincent and he's in bed with a married woman when he, when he sneaks out and we see this shot, this exterior shot of the house. And then Vincent air quotes rolls out the window and then yep. climbs down this, this, uh, brick pillar. And then it cuts to Danny DeVito. I said to Lee, I was like, it's so weird. Vincent was so much taller when he was <laughs> climbing out of the house than he is now. <laughs> I wonder why that's so weird. <laughs> so here's my theory. Maybe the Vincent that was standing outside with the flowers was his stunt double. Mm. I'm and just Vincent, Vincent has a stunt double. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but this leads to my, you lost me at. And and I, and I'm so sorry, Danny DeVito, but why are so many women attracted to Vincent? Charm. I don't know. I, I, I just, that, that was my, you lost me at my runner up was the whole thing about the, the egg splitting in two, but not equally. Yeah. But I had a couple, you lost me at. Okay. But, but I think that was, that was the one that I think I always wonder about every time. I, even when I was younger, I was like, I don't get it. He's, you know, but each his own. I mean, maybe, maybe he, I like that kind of like brings me to this relationship. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here with his relationship with Linda, because I feel like a man like Vincent usually is, can be with a lot of women because he knows which women to prey on, you know, Mm -hmm. like women who are very vulnerable women who clearly are unhappy with their lives. And they're just looking for some kind of adventure and excitement, um, which makes me question the kind of person that Linda is because she's so drawn to him, but he's not, but he's someone who like sleeps around. She's already broken up with him. So clearly there was a rift before, you know, we come into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I guess I just wonder like, why, why, what is it about him that draws her to him every single time. Like, why does she keep coming back to him? Because he's, I, I, I don't, I just don't understand it. I mean, the only, the only time where it makes sense to me is, um, when they're in the motel, it's like the same night when, when Marnie is like, Oh, they want to be alone. So I'm sleeping here. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a hilarious scene. Yeah. Um, but oh, just, weird. So, Oh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, but just the way they, they interact with each other and they're, you know, there's something really playful about their relationship. That's, that's cute and, and endearing, but there are just other moments, like everything leading up to that. I'm always kind of like, wait, what's going on? Like she knows he's involved in some illegal activity. Clearly he stole that car and her reaction is I'm coming with you. <laughs> yeah. And like when they have to cover for him in the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she's, that's the life she wants. The excitement. I don't know. I guess, I guess. Uh, Who am I to judge? Um, my, you had me at is I am so sorry. It's so lame, but my, you had me at was Arnold Schwarzenegger because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Cause this is the, this was why we know we wanted, my family wanted to see the movie in the first place because we like, we watched so many Arnold Schwarzenegger films when I was younger Um, you know, he was kind of like a staple of our, of our home. Um, even like his documentary pumping iron, like I've seen that a million times, you know, it's just, and, and I like seeing him in this role. Like I said, I mentioned before, this was his first comedy role and 
you know, I, I feel like it was the perfect first comedy for him. Um, and in terms of like the range that he has as a performer, I think, I think it was, I think it worked really well for him. And, you know, he was just a delight to watch in this film. Did you see that they wanted to make an, another a sequel with Eddie Murphy? Yes. <laughs> and then they, and they're, they were actually planning, um, they've had it in the works to make oh. the sequel with, but not with Eddie Murphy because he had other commitments, but with Tracy Morgan and they're going to call it triplets. And isn't it Ryan Gosling and some other person? Or oh, maybe I it's know. a remake. I thought someone told me, I think that there's going to be a remake with no Ryan Gosling and someone else. I have no idea. But they wanted Ivan Reitman to direct, but then Ivan Reitman passed away in February. Aww. So they, I'd read, there was an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger and he had said, we're, we're going to put the project on hold and revisit it later. Um, so I, I don't know if they'll ever have that, that sequel, but I wasn't sure if the sequel, I guess it would make sense if it were Tracy Morgan and two other actors, because I think Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are much older than Tracy that's, Morgan. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe that's what that was, but okay. yeah. Um, well, my you had me at was the end of the movie. I just yeah. love from like the scene where you see them sitting at their like desks that are facing each other to then like the happy ending where their mom comes and claims them. And then they have now both married these sisters and they have these kids and they're at a carnival. And also well, I was wondering, and I couldn't find if it was true or not, but that scene where they, you see them with their kids and their wives, and then there's a um, merry-go-round behind them. Mm-hmm. It looked just like the, in face-off in the, the merry-go-round <sighs> where his son got killed. I mean, it could be. I, would, I mean, that wouldn't it, surprise me, right? Yeah. There's only so many filming locations, but I right. thought it looked very similar to that. I mean, especially if, if most of your filming is done in LA and if that's, if that's a carousel that's in LA. I, yeah. I, and like easy yeah. to film at, get a film permit. I think right? it's the same one. If someone yeah. knows, let us know. Right. Please. Right. Um, okay. So my favorite line is from the song that plays at the end okay. of the film. So it's a song that is written by, or at least performed by Philip Bailey and little Richard. Mm-hmm. And the line is, when you're twins, the magic just never ends. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I couldn't not pick. Like, the song started playing, and I was like, what is this? And it was just playing, and I, I like, laughed, because I was like, I, I guess that's true. Because we're twins. The magic just never ends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite line. I love it. Well, my favorite line is different. It's we not. did not get a point. Wouldn't it be what? amazing if I picked that? <laughs> my, I feel like I went off the rails with the last three. Answers. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Oh my yeah. God. No, yeah. I would say the last four from like best performance <laughs> all the way down the line, but uh-huh. it's cool. It's uh-huh. fine. That's yeah. what makes this podcast so interesting because you never know. Yeah. We interpret things however we want to. That's right. My favorite line is actually a conversation between uh, Vincent and Julius, and it's after they've met with the doctor who just made Vincent feel like he is just a bunch of like a giant piece of crap. Mm -hmm. And Julius is trying to convince him that they're twins, they're brothers. 
And Vincent says, so if we're so alike, how come we're so goddamn different? And Jules says, we had six fathers. We're many parts of a lot of people. And then he goes on to say, and don't forget, I was taken to a beautiful island. I was cared for, educated, looked after. You had nobody, Vincent, no one to love you, teach you, or encourage you. And then he says, you see, Vincent, you're the missing part of my life, and I'm the missing part of your life. And when we find mama, we can be the missing part of her life. We won't be alone anymore. We can be a family. Mm, that is really sweet. I love that. And, and that kind of speaks, I feel like this line speaks to what I was saying earlier about how this film has heart. It really does because it's, it's this silly, outrageous comedy in, in so many ways. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito as twins, please. But, but, you know, it really is about finding those people that you connect with and finding people who love you unconditionally and who support you and, and fight for you. Um, and, uh, you know, and for someone like Vincent who didn't have that for the first 35 years of his life. And, and all of a sudden this random stranger comes in and says, I'm your twin brother. And I'm going to be that person for you, regardless of what your life has been like and how you treat me. I, you know, I, I just think that this, this line kind of encapsulates all of that. And that's why it's my favorite. It's also crazy that they're 35. I know. <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> well, I love that answer. That is such a good I You're right. That like really sums up the whole movie. Yeah. Well, Sonia, any final thoughts on to Oh, how many points did we get? Oh, uh, we scored two points. Okay. And you know what? One point was on Julius and the other point was on Vincent. Oh. I love it. I just did a little heart thing. I'm making a heart back to you. There we go. All right. Well, um, any final thoughts on the film? I will just say I'm glad that I finally saw it because I really do think that that film trailer is one of my earliest memories in life. So I feel like I've come, I'm not full circle because that would mean I'd die soon potentially, but, you know, <laughs> right? I've, I've closed the door on that chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You filled in a gap. We'll I say. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time to move on and talk about our next movie. Um, so I was inspired by this pick because there is a scene, um, while Vincent, a uh, Julius, sorry, is eating his way through Los Angeles and mm-hmm. he comes upon a promotional poster for a Sylvester Stallone film. And Julius is looking at the poster. He puts down the drink that he has or his briefcase and he grabs his bicep like he's comparing. And then he chuckles. He kind of like scoffs and like, oh, whatever. Because during this time they were in, they were kind of rivals, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. far as like who is the best action hero. Um, so it was sort of like a little jab at Sylvester Stallone. So I picked a Sylvester Stallone film. So, so we yeah. can weigh we can weigh in on who is the best. Well, and it's interesting that you said weigh in, Sonia, because our next film is going to is. be Jacob Tummy Roll, please. Rocky. Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) Sonia, what's it about? Okay. Rocky Balboa is a kid, older kid, like not really a kid, but like, you know, like a kid, Hey, kid, um, who lives in the streets of Philadelphia, not in the streets, but 
around the streets and he is a boxer and he wants to make it big. And he's like, yo, Adrian, um, I want a box and I need you to love me so I can win things. And, um, he trains and there's a training montage and there's a scene where someone throws him an orange. And I read randomly somewhere that that wasn't part of the film. Like he was running through philly and someone actually thought he was like training for something and threw him an orange to give him sustenance um so will he win we'll have to find out that was amazing i think that's like the best one yet that was your most like energetic enthusiastic (laughs) plot summary ever i'm but the whole time you were speaking i was like how am i going to transcribe this this is going to take me a while (laughs) it's going to be really good i can't wait there's one thing the the hey kid i think will be fun yeah (laughs) yo adrian (laughs) Yo, Adrian. (laughs) It was like a little bit all over the place and I loved it so much. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm excited to give this film a revisit because I haven't actually watched it in a while. So um, I'm curious to see how it holds up and, and whether or not you like it, but it's, we haven't had a sports film in a while Mm -hmm. since major league, I think, which I feel like is the only sports movie that we've watched so far. Yeah. I'm excited to not fall asleep during Rocky this time. I hope you do. Oh, have you fallen asleep during it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why it's on our list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, make sure you drink some caffeine before you sit down to watch this, split it up into multiple viewings. If you need to, as, as you, as you tend I will. to do. And I know we will have a listener. My dearest friend from grad school is going to be very excited about this episode. Oh, okay. Does she like mm-hmm. this movie? He does. He's oh, the one he who, does. Oh, he does. He's the one who um, we were going to watch the movie and I fell asleep on his couch and then he had to wake me up and be like, um, you slept through the whole thing. Oh, like, no. All right. All right. Well, well, then I dedicate this next episode to your friend from grad school. All right. Okay. Yes. And that's the end of this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at NNSIPod. And if you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends. They can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Like and subscribe and all the things. And join us next time with your cocktail at the ready when we talk about Rocky. We'll see you then because we've got lots more to watch. And I've seen nothing. So please keep listening. And we'll keep watching. Bye. Bye.